1: Hey, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Thursday edition. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam here to talk a little Chiefs. But normally on Thursdays, we're previewing a game. And thankfully, uh, we're not previewing the Chiefs game because the Chiefs got the number one seed, took care of business, Verderam,
2: They did. They did. And we're going to talk a lot about the Chiefs. But I just saw a quote as the countdown is happening. that is so great. I have to read it. Because it is it is shattering my brain. So Mike Williams did not practice this week because yeah. he a back injury. They suffered in a game that meant absolutely nothing to the Chargers on Sunday when Brendan Staley decided to play everybody. And he is officially questionable and asked at his press conference today after practice, like, hey, you know, what, what's up with Mike Williams? Yeah, you know, he's going to travel with us. He's questionable. And then said, quote, the reps aren't what matter. The rest is. Would have been a really good strategy on Sunday, there, Brendan. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! Like, that's one of the most un- unaware quotes I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, he's Who, bad. <laughs> if the rest <laughs> matters, why weren't they sitting on Sunday?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh my you, god! You and I were we were texting about it, and I was like, "What are they doing?" And you were like, "This is a disaster." Oh I mean, God and i don't i don't want to say that i was sitting i don't root for players to get injured of course but i was so. i was sort of watching it like like you watch a nascar race cuz it was like you know a car wreck is coming and you're just waiting for it to happen and i tweeted about it before anybody got hurt i was like why is mike what, with, like the chargers we know that whole team's made of glass yeah so playing them in a meaningless game for what like for momentum
2: they lost the game they lost their and- momentum was killed by themselves, they, they were they they were on a four game winning streak. You're not going to lose momentum having some game that nobody can look. there's not a Chargers pocket, but I I saw that quote as we were counting down and just was I had to peel myself off the wall before yeah. we came back. Like the rest is what matters. The reps don't that well done, like really well done. About a hundred hours too late and a back injury too late, but like just. <laughs> I can't look. I, I know they could win on Saturday, and we'll get into all this stuff. I can't pick against them enough. Like, just I don't even like, not even because like I wanted to win or lose. Like that's all of it. Just based on who's coaching that team. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a better, I'm not going to gamble. Like, I, I if I was a gambler, I couldn't take Jacksonville fast enough in this football game. Like knowing. They're going to do some outrageous shit that loses them that game. Like, whatever it is, it could be offensive, it could be defensive, it could be special teams, it could be the coach, it could be all of it. Like, that's an all-timer, that quote. That is just slap it in the Hall of Fame and call it a day.
1: Unbelievable. Hey, this podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. If you don't know, we'd love to introduce you to Arrow Red Lager, our beer that we brewed with the Kansas City Beer Company when we were in Kansas City earlier this month. Uh, it is out. It is now available in the Casey Beer Co. beer hall, there is the label. It's a Nuremberg style red beer. Uh, in, in, in German. In Germany, it would be called a rope beer, like goat beer, rope beer. Uh, it's an easy drinking 5.2 ABV, 18 IBU, and uh, it uses Red X malt to produce the red hue worthy of the Red Kingdom. Verderam and I, by hand, picked up big sacks of that malt and poured it mostly into, in, into the fat. But you guys know Casey Beer Co., they're the largest uh, locally owned brewery in kansas city that focuses on german style beer they actually brew their beer according to the bavarian beer purity law of 1516 they only use four ingredients malt hops water and yeast we got to see how all that came together when we worked on arrow red lager and it's absolutely delicious uh, we're gonna get our hands on our arrow red lager here in the next couple of days very excited about that but do us a favor, give at KC beer Co. a shout out on Twitter. Let them know that you heard about their beer on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. And uh, keep us in business and dare to beer different. Please drink responsibly. 21 and over. I'm drinking a Dunkle. Right now, I stocked up when we were back in Kansas City. I love it. Everybody, everybody loves the Dunkel. You noticed that? Like that's the one I hear the most of from people. Um, this Munich style brown lager is so good.
2: Yeah, I um, I brought back over a hundred beers, and I I think I have like twenty left. So I'm gonna have to go back to Kansas City, but I um. Yeah. My dad also took some of them. So that also was part of this, but yeah, they're, they're amazing. I can't wait to have the old arrow red lager. It is easily the biggest accomplishment of my lifetime. Everybody's like, Oh, you know, your your wife, your kids, no, no, no. Kids are work. Love my kids, but they're work. And when you get married, you give up control of your life. A beer. What is the worst thing that's going to happen? Like I have to drink it. That's a win. So I will gladly take that honor. I, I am thrilled about it. And listen, if, you, if you're in the area, you can get it on, on tap or in a six-pack. So go get it on tap and then get a six-pack. That would that would be great and supportive.
1: Yeah, this is a limited release. We don't know if we'll ever see it again. So I would suggest go to the beer hall, hang out, meet all the great people that work at Kansas City yeah. Beer, uh, drink some from the tap, and then grab yourself a six-pack on the way out and then keep one of those bottles as a, as a, as a keepsake. Drink them all, but keep one of those of bottles as a keepsake. It'll be a collector's item. Um, one more thing I got to pass along to you guys. Uh, it's it's an awesome promo we got. You can really help us out with this from Bet MGM. Bet MGM customers, it's for the wild card round. So uh, no Chiefs football, but you can still get in on the action. You bet ten dollars on any wild card team, and you win two hundred dollars in free bets as long as one touchdown is scored. So you bet ten bucks, and you know there's going to be at least one touchdown scored this weekend, and 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 you get you get that money. Uh, of $200 in free bet. So regardless if your bet wins or loses, use the code though, Arrowhead. That's one word, it's sign up. If you don't use the, the code Arrowhead, we don't get credit. And so you've gone and done this and not helped us out. And, and why would you want to do that? So do us a favor. If you never bet with MG, bet MGM, download the app, make a deposit, use the code Arrowhead, take advantage of this promo. Uh, it's a great way to support us. You just, uh, we get that small fee from BetMGM uh, for each new better that uses our code. So if you haven't, done it yet it would really help us out do us a solid use the code arrowhead place a ten dollar bet new customers only 21 and over you got to be present in the select states rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire in seven days from insurance See full terms at betmgm.com. If you have a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming, one 800 4700 in Colorado and Kansas, 8778 hope why or text hope and Y in New York. 1 800 Next Step in Arizona, 888 789 7777 in Connecticut. 1 800 bets Off in Iowa, 1 877 770 Stop or text 7867 in Louisiana. Call or text TN Redline, 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or 1 888 532 3500 in Virginia. Couldn't they just come up? Can they just be one gambling helpline, Vertaram? For all the what if,
2: states. What if, I, what if I am from one of those states you reeled off, but I find out that I have a gambling problem in Albuquerque? Then what?
1: You're in trouble. There's for no shit. state line for you to call.
2: I. You think there would be a federal line, right? <laughs> right. Like just one line.
1: You know? Can we do this for advertisers,
2: please? Just one line. You know? That, like, that's you think ridiculous. They, like, they should. It should be like one eight hundred. I'm broke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like, right. And you call up, and you got to tell somebody like, "Hey, like, uh, listen, calling up." Gambling issue, and then you, you've got to admit to the like, hey, Listen, how much money's left in the checking? Like eight right. bucks. Like all right, you qualify. Like there should be a threshold. It's like yeah, there's still like ten grand, and they're like, all right, you don't have that big of a problem. You still got ten grand. You know, yeah. you know, maybe maybe I don't know. You have to come up with a number like almost broke or something. Like maybe it's right. like a step by step program. Maybe yeah. maybe that's like the maybe you got to text like the letters of almost broke, and then like somebody gets hold of you and they're like, come on. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Stop gambling. Yeah. By you know, yeah. the, the time you get to I'm broke, then it's you know you've evolved. One
1: eight hundred, just help me. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's talk some football here. Uh,
2: yeah, we're ten minutes, and why not? Yeah,
1: yeah, let's do it. Uh, so who are we rooting for this weekend? Obviously, like you know, we'd like to see the Bills and Bengals lose. I think we all agree they're the the most competition for the Chiefs. Uh, is for the stiffest competition for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, I rank. I rank the Chiefs' top competition, the, the, the teams that are standing in their way, as follows. Number three, the Bills. Number two, the Bengals. Number one, the Chiefs. <laughs> if they can just overcome those three teams, they should go to the Super Bowl. So the, the, the sad fact of the matter is the Bills and Bengals are not losing this weekend. I'm with you. You've got to hear on the rundown. Like, they're playing third-string quarterbacks. To a tongue of vailoa not going to be out there, and rightfully so, to take care of the man. Lamar Jackson still hurt. There's contract stuff going on. There's no chance, right? Like, I mean, there's a chance, but there's no chance.
2: There's no, chance. there's no chance. I, look, I, I would say this because I, you know, I put it on the rundown because I don't want to get down this wormhole. Where we're like, what if the Dolphins win? Okay, yeah, I, that's great. What if the Knicks win the NBA Finals this year? All right, it's <laughs> nice to think about. It's not going to happen. The Dolphins have no chance. I, I, I actually am working on a piece that's going up tomorrow morning. In fact, I just finished it for the podcast of, like, the craziest quarterback matchup upsets in NFL history in the, pl- in the playoffs. So, like, for an example, Tim Tebow beating Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. Like, just crazy. And I listed the top 12. And I would tell you that going through the history of the league since 1970, since the merger, there's maybe, like, depending upon your, your qualifications of what you think is outrageous, like, anywhere between, like, 16 and 20 of these games, which actually is a decent amount And you think about it, like, that's, like, one of those games every, like, two and a half years. So... It does happen, but I I just cannot – if Teddy Bridgewater was starting, I could maybe give you a case of, like, listen, you know, they play a somewhat competent game offensively. They score 24 points, and Josh Allen has one of these, like, two picks in the end zone games, and the Dolphins find the way. Skylar Thompson is not winning this game. So we're going to put that to bed. The, the, the Bengals and the Ravens, that's actually somewhat interesting to me. I think the Bengals will beat the Ravens, but it looks like Huntley's going to play. Yeah, he practiced today through the ball. If there's one thing about the Ravens that I do respect them greatly for, they're very well coached, and they're tough defensively. They're a physical team. Do I think they're going to beat Cincinnati? No, I don't. But could I see a scenario where that game's like 19-17 in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I mean, I could. I could see that. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but it's it's possible. And I will say this. If Cincinnati lets that game hang around close and Tucker is anywhere near a field goal, it's bad news for the Bengals. So – I think it's a lot more likely that the Ravens somehow win that game than it is that the Bills lose. I, The Ravens have a real defense. right? It doesn't mean I think they're going to win the game. I mean, the Bengals are a lot better. But, like, that's the problem I have with the Dolphins. Even I mean, I don't want to say more than Skylar Thompson. He's definitely my bigger problem. But, like, they're terrible defensively. It's not like you look at Miami and go, well, they can hold them. Like, they, they, they can't. But Baltimore, I think, can at least keep Cincinnati in a spot where, like, it's it's hey you know we're a score back you know we're there we just got to make one play or get one turnover and that's always possible I think Miami's going to be down thirty points at one juncture of that game
1: I was talking about this with somebody today. Do you think that Miami should, do you remember a few years back when, I guess it's been a while now, but you remember when the wildcat craze came back and the dolphins kind of started it and it was yeah. like a month or two where teams started doing this stuff and it it was winning them games like defenses. It was giving defenses fits and you know, it was gimmicky and we knew it wasn't going to last, but like it just teams weren't quite ready for it. They hadn't practiced it. And you know, it won some inferior teams some games. And in a, in a situation like this where we know the Dolphins, like they can't come out like they want to and play regular football with Skyler throwing the ball to Tyreek Kill and Jalen Waddle. But they do have these incredible weapons. And it's a playoff game. It's a it's a kitchen sink game like we like to talk about on this show. Yeah. Where you throw you throw everything you've got at it. And I, I was wondering, what do you think about a strategy for Miami in this one where like they're doing wonky shit? Like instead of coming out and trying to play – a regular offense like you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle lining up in, in 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 the Wildcat stuff that just like there's no way that they would be prepared for. Something simple, kind of so simple it's stupid, but get your weapons, the the hands and the the ball in the hands of your weapons, and maybe something wacky happens and you get a couple touchdowns you don't deserve.
2: You're gonna have to. I mean, you don't have a choice. If you try to play this game straight up, you're gonna get annihilated. I, if you're the Dolphins, I mean I'm sitting Tyreek down and being like, Look, man, you're making thirty million million this year. You're getting the ball 20 plus times in this game. Like, right. I, I, whether it be bubble screens, quick little passes, whether it's direct snaps, whether it's jet sweeps, you're getting the ball. Like, you, our best hope in this game is you and Jalen Waddell just breaking some nothing play for like 70 yards. I mean, yep. that's that's 100% the way this game's got to be played. If, if you're the Dolphins and you're like, we think we can hit intermediate routes to Trent Sherfield, like, no, the game's over. But that's right. it. You can't play it like that. I also think this is a game, this is. This is the time, hey, fake punts, onside kicks. I mean, you know, that's the only thing for both Baltimore and and the Dolphins. When you are in a spot like this, there's kind of a creative license to do whatever the hell you want to do because who's gonna blame you? Like, who's gonna who's gonna say anything like, "Hey, you know that can't can't take a chance like that"? Sure, you can. You have Skyler Thompson. Like, you can take any chance you want. So, I think if you're if you're Miami, yeah, no, no question. I mean, this this has to be a game. Where you do anything possible, this is, if you're the Dolphins, this is a minute-by-minute minute game. I mean, it really is. Like This is like, we need to try to control the ball, get a first down, then get another first down. Then, you know, like, the one thing I will say, they ran the hell out of the ball against Buffalo a couple of weeks ago, and then they got away from it. That, that is, to me, their only shot. And I don't think it's much of one, but that would be it. You know, rushing for like 200 yards or something and just making it a, a game that you – instead of everybody getting 12 possessions, everybody gets eight. And it right. should look it that way.
1: I, I think the Ravens need to do something like that too. I mean, they've got yeah, uh, some, some talented running backs. J.K. Dobbins has been running well since he came back from his surgery. Like, it's one of those Belichickian-style game plans where, like, if Belichick thinks he can run on you and he knows his team's out, like, he'll run the ball 50 times. You know, we've seen them yeah. do, do shit like that. Like that. I think that's what you have to do is sort of just, you know, it's like, yeah, they might know it's coming, but we've seen games where teams know what you're going to do. We've seen games like that and they still can't
2: stop it. I I don't know that it matters if they know that it's coming, not because it's easier to, I mean, obviously if they know it's coming, it's easier to stop but Like it's, it, they do know it's coming. <laughs> like <sighs> Leslie Frazier not game planning for the deep ball in this game with, with Skylar Thompson. Like they, they know this and but if you're Miami, like, you know what? You got to be able to execute it. Like, you got to be able to do it. But the bottom line to me is, listen, we. I'm not going to spend a million hours on this game. Miami's going to get killed. I would be shocked if they win. If I had to, like, handicap, I'd give Miami a, a less than 5% chance of winning the game. Baltimore, I'd probably give them a 20% chance. Like, you know, one in five. Hey, you go up there or you go down there, whatever the hell it is, you go down there, and you, you, take, your, you take your cracks at them. I mean, I think the Bengals are a much better team, but – I, I give the, I at least give Baltimore a puncher's chance of going in there and winning. The other game, which is probably the game that we're we're going to see the Chiefs' opponent come out of, is the Jacksonville LA game, which we of course led with Brendan Staley giving us a Socrates level uh, quote. <laughs> like I, that game is a the most competitive, and B I think it's the most fascinating, and certainly from the Chiefs' perspective, unless you get a miracle on on Sunday that's who you're playing and that's who you're going to prepare for. And and so I think that that game to me is by far the most intriguing.
1: I would look at the game, the game, the specific game I'm talking about was, would you remember last year when the Patriots beat the bills? I think there was some weather.
2: Oh, the weather um, was brutal. They threw three times.
1: Yeah. Mac Jones threw three passes. I remember watching that game. He threw three passes. Three Meanwhile, two, Josh three. Allen attempted 30, completed 15 for 145 yards and a touchdown. But Belichick in that game, he was like, I got Mac Jones as my quarterback. I've got terrible weather. Yep. And he said, fuck it. 46 carries for 222 yards and a touchdown against the Bills. They won 14 to 10. The Bills knew they weren't throwing the ball. And I remember watching it astounded that the Bills could not stop them. Damian Harris carried the ball 10 times for 111 yards. Armand J. Stevenson, 78 yards and 24 totes. That's, I think, what has to happen in this game. It still might not work, but, like, just go crazy. <laughs> just... Do what is your best chance to win. Do not drop back to pass more than a handful of times.
2: We'll see. I mean, I like I said, to me, the game that I'm interested in is is Jacksonville in LA. I'd be shocked yeah. if one of those other games goes the other way.
1: It's attrition, right? Like if you're a Chiefs fan and you're watching that game, and again, you're not rooting for injuries, but the since we know that the 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 Bengals and Bills are probably not going to lose, right. The only thing that you that can come out in the Chiefs' favor here is that guys from those teams from the Bills and Bengals get tired or somebody gets banged up. It, just, it happens. We're not rooting for it necessarily, but the fact that they have to play no. an extra game and the chiefs don't, that's the benefit.
2: Listen, I mean, I think the benefits are you don't have to get beat up and yeah, the Bengals and Bills are gonna have to play chair next weekend and you know, assuming they win and, and they're going to have to then play probably the chiefs in the AC title game. The chiefs don't have to do that. They don't have to go that route, you know, and the Bengals have to go on the road next weekend. The chiefs don't. So that's a big advantage. Now, The bottom line is, to me, all this stuff is window dressing for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have to win two games. And then they get another bye, and then they play in the Super Bowl. And they're going to be favored no matter who they play in the Super Bowl. So, like, for me, this is a two-game season right now. And then worry about the Super Bowl. It's a two-game season. And one at home, maybe two at home. If not, it's a neutral site. Is there
1: a coaching and game planning advantage for the Chiefs here in that if, say, Lamar Jackson was playing or Tua Tungvaluwa was playing – you know, those with those guys, they could upset the bills of the Bengals. Right. In this situation, if you're Andy Reid, you're not really doing any work on the on the bill. Like you can you can look at this. You can watch this Chargers Jaguars game and be like, yeah, the winner of this game is who we're playing like. With quite a degree well, of confidence.
2: Probably. I mean, I remember they talked about this once. I remember they, them saying that, like, what they did is they had an assistant watch every team they could play. Like, each assistant got one team and they were in charge of, like, scouting that team. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's more a little focused on Jacksonville and the Chargers. Now, they played the Chargers twice and played Jacksonville already. Right. So they already know essentially what they're going to do. I mean, they have some ideas. Look, man. The only game I care about isn't in, isn't in a week and a half in the Chiefs play, as far as like fandom and me is concerned. But I, I will say, like the Jacksonville game, assuming that's the game that produces the Chiefs opponent, I'm going to watch it with a lot of intrigue. Yeah, that game. You know, who wins? What's the health like coming out for the of the game for those teams? What are you looking at? The Chargers, even though they're on the road, going all the way across the country, coming off of a ridiculous game, they're they're a two and a half point favorite. So Vegas giving them a lot of love, despite. uh the most recent uh, showing the games.
1: Yeah. And what do you, uh, what do you think about that game? I mean, I think the chargers are the more talented team, but the chargers have the ability, as I was talking to our, our, uh, the, the editor of our site, our charger site, Bolt beat one of our coworkers here, Jason Reed, I was talking to him earlier this week and, and he said, yeah, I think they're, they're better, but the chargers can always charge her. <laughs> um, do they charge her in this game or do they get it done?
2: I mean, I agree the Chargers are probably more talented, but I'm picking Jacksonville for one reason. I mean, a lot of reasons, actually, but one very specific reason. Jacksonville's actually coached. Like the Chargers don't have a coach. That kind of matters in January when one team is scheming and game playing, and the other team's like, yeah, I don't know. We might not have our best receiver because we played him in a game that means nothing. Also, and I look, Joey Bosa missed almost all the year. With In fact, he got hurt against Jacksonville with a groin injury, his core muscle injury. He comes back and then gets listed all week as a groin injury. Now, he's going to play. He's been a full participant, but like they had to put him on the injury report because he hurt it against Denver. That's the kind of injury that I would not be shocked if four plays into the game, he he aggravates it. And you're like, yeah, he can't play the rest of the game. Khalil Mack has had four sacks in his last 15 games. Like, I I don't know. I mean, that game strikes me as the kind of game that Travis Etienne is going to rush for like a buck fifty, and the Jags like that short, quick passing game, which will negate the pass rush. And I don't, I don't think Lawrence is going to have a hard time cutting LA's secondary up, especially the corners. I mean, James is a great safety, but the corners specifically, I think Jacksonville is going to win. I just think Jacksonville right now is playing better. The Chargers have beaten one playoff team all year; they beat Miami. That's it. They lost to every other playoff team they've played. Jacksonville crushed them. The Chiefs beat them twice. The Niners beat them. The Seahawks killed them. Like I think Jacksonville is just better at this. point. I think the Chargers are more talented. That doesn't mean you're better. I think Jacksonville will win. And frankly, I do think that's the way the Chiefs would prefer it. But I'm not. I'm not saying it for that. I, I just. It's truly what I believe. I just think Jacksonville matches up with them.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. I, you know, your point about Bosa in the. The banged up Chargers players is really smart. We saw Bosa leave that game because he got, he tweaked whatever is grind. in week 18. And that's another huge advantage where the Chiefs have because now that he's, he probably needs rest. He just needs more rest, but he can't rest because it's the playoffs. So he's going to go out there and he's going to play in this game and maybe he aggravates it to the point where he can't play the following week. Um, or he's just dealing with the pain and it makes him less effective. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, if you look at their injury report, there's not much to it. Uh, and so now that and they've got another week to rest people, right, which is fantastic news for them. So, I mean, you've got your, you know, how important is the buy? I, I think it's hugely important for the Chiefs this year.
2: Uh, I think it's mostly important because they get the rest, but also they don't have to play both the Bills and the Bengals. Although, you know, listen, I, again, like looking at this weekend, I just give you the Chiefs, like, look, do you want maybe one team more than the other? Yeah, maybe. Maybe some guys prefer Jackson. Maybe some guys prefer the Chargers. You know the, the the enemy you know versus the enemy you don't. I mean, maybe for them, but you know this game. If if Williams can't play, which at this point I think it's for safe bet to say either he's not going to play or he's going to be severely limited in this game. If that's the case, like I look at them and say, what is really that scary about the Chargers in this game? I mean, if you if you say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna double Allen on third down, what are you worried about? I mean, what else is it? Like, I, I, like Austin Eckler. I looked at his stats today and I was legitimately just floored by the entire thing. So Austin Eckler this year, I got to find the tweet here and I'll find it real quick. He's had he had a very productive season. You know, he's, he's not been great in terms of like average rushing yardage, but he's been, he's been productive as he always is. And if you look at his numbers this year, like the guy, as you would expect an incredible receiving back, he always does that. That's kind of his, his bread and butter. He had 107 receptions this season. And you'd be like, wow, 107. Like, that's really impressive. That's that's something that you can really write home about. Yeah. Well, he had 722 yards of any player in NFL history with at least 107 receptions in a season. And there's just well over 60 of them. Only Jarvis Landry failed to get a thousand yards. He had 987. Eckler had 722. that's impossible. Like he only had four catches of 20 or more yards and none more than 23 yards. So yeah, like he's going to catch a bunch of passes. They're going to go for like six yards a clip. Who cares? I mean, if he, if he hits his average and he catches, let's just say five to six passes. Okay. He's going to go for 30 yards receiving. I mean, who gives a shit? If you take Allen away now it becomes they got to beat you with Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter and Gerald Everett. I mean, so what? I think yeah. Jacksonville, if Mike Williams doesn't play, I think Jacksonville should win the game. Not only do I think they will, I think they should.
1: Interestingly, by contrast, Jarek McKinnon this season caught 56 balls, so about half of what yeah. Eckler caught, for 512 yards. and, and so there and you and go.
2: And touchdowns.
1: Yeah, yeah, nine touchdowns. So well, shot at the – Shout out to to uh, to Evan Gabrielson who just gifted five memberships. If you want to become a part of the Arrowhead Attic community that we're building here, we've got a private Discord for members. It's a lot of fun. You can snag one of those memberships that Evan just just gifted. See what it's all about. It's a great way to support the show on a sustaining basis. We have all kinds of events. We just wrapped up our fantasy football leagues. I got to I got to reach out to people. By the way, sorry everybody, it's been busy. Uh, got some prizes to give out to the winners. Um, and uh, we're doing a happy hour next Friday for members. It's just it's going to be that podcast gang and all of our members and everybody gets an invite and we just sit around for an hour and drink beer and talk chiefs kind of like this. So if you kind of like ever wanted to be on the podcast, it's kind of like being on the podcast and just bullshitting and talking chiefs and drink some KC beer. So check it out. Uh, thank you to Evan. I, I, the last thing I'll say about the memberships is it really shows what kind of people we have and what kind of community that, that we're building here. That those folks who are already supporting the podcast by being a member are spending money to try to get more of you in the community. It's just awesome. I hope to meet some of you very soon. One of the things our members have been talking about, Vertaram, in the Discord, I've had multiple conversations with people this week. You know, who would you rather play, the Chargers or the Jaguars? And when, when the, When the t- it, people are pretty much split 50, 50 people lean more towards Jaguars. I think just because the chargers are good and the chiefs such a hard time and Kansas city pretty well handled the Jaguars. But one topic that comes up all the time in those chats is, you know, it's just really hard to beat a team three times in a row. And that worries me. Is that something that you're concerned about?
2: No. Um, I remember doing the work on this last offseason. I can't remember for what reasoning, but the team that is going for a three game sweep was something like a 60% success rate. Like, they won significantly more than they didn't. I always kind of wonder, like, why people get worried about stuff like that. Like, you just think they're due or something? Like, the Chiefs won. Like They won twice. I If the Chiefs play the Chargers, like, I think it's a dangerous game because the Chargers are talented. But do I think the Chiefs would win? Yes. Yes. I They're better than them. I mean, the Chiefs are a better football team than the Chargers. They just are. They're better offensively. They are far better coached. You know, I mean, as much as we complain here about, you know, Reed and Spags, sometimes, I mean, you know what the Chargers fans would give to have Andy Reid in the sideline? Right. Like, I mean, come on now. You know, the biggest advantage the Chargers typically have is their quarterback. Well, they don't have an advantage of quarterback when they're playing Kansas City. Yeah. So then you get into the defense. The Chiefs are better in almost every metric defense. I, I, the Chiefs, it's a weird thing. I was looking at this last night preparing for some other stuff and for this. You know what the Chiefs rank in yards per play against defensively this year? Middle of the pack? Seventh. Wow, I would not have guessed that. They're second in the league in the NFL in sacks. They're fifty-five sacks. Only the Eagles have more. Like they're really, like, if you look at most of their numbers, they're they're average. Of, I think slightly by like thirteenth in the league on third down. They're 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 good in those areas. Like they are to me the better team. The Chargers, if weapons, they scare you. I think it would be a, a good game. But I don't care who they play coming out of this weekend. I think they're going to win the game. I mean, if they. if I'll, I'll put it this way. If the Chiefs lose in the divisional round, it's because the Chiefs beat themselves. It's because they turn the ball over and they take a bunch of penalties and they miss kicks. If they don't do that, like if they play the way they played against the Raiders, they're kicking anybody's ass that they're playing next weekend. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the Chargers, the Jags, the Ravens, the Dolphins, whatever. Yeah. Don't worry.
1: Uh, Mason in the chat asked if I was feeling better. I've been ill. Uh, yes, Mason, much, much better. Almost back to hundred percent. Appreciate uh, your concern, man. Um, one last thing on the Chargers. I just want to, to ask you, <laughs> this is kind of a funny one, but we've talked about on this podcast. that we, we don't think Staley is a good coach, but they're in the playoffs and Sean Payton's out there. Would you like to see the chargers win one playoff game and then lose to Kansas city? If it meant that Sean Payton doesn't end up the head coach of, the Chargers and gets his hands on Justin Herbert.
2: I guess. Like if I knew that was the scenario, I guess. But I, I
1: Do you feel like they would fire him like just making the playoffs and losing after finally making the playoffs? Or does he need to win again? I didn't
2: think so until what happened last week happened. That kind of yeah. opened the gates of hell for him a little bit. I I will say this though. Hispanos is not exactly known for showing out an ungodly amount of money. And they would have to eat Staley's deal and then also pay Sean Payton and trade yeah. for him. Yes. I do not think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, look, I don't think they would fire him if they lost a close game. If they get their asses kicked, like if they just get blown out like they did in the regular season, it's possible. But I think if you're the Chargers, you're like, look, we made the playoffs, won 10 games. You know, I don't think they're going to fire him. I think it's far more likely that Dallas loses to Tampa and they can him and Peyton goes there because Peyton and, and Jones couldn't be any closer. That yeah. I think is far more likely than, than the Chargers canning.
1: Uh, I don't want Justin Herbert to ever get a good coach. So
2: I <laughs> will pretend uh, you're a deal for Staley. It'd be great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a super chat from my guy, Lawrence George, who may or may not have married my wife and I. Um, Bengals scare the poo out of me, but I want them in the AFC Championship. I feel like we have to beat them or it will forever haunt us, kind of, maybe. Yeah, do you feel that way, Verdoram? Like, look, I don't, I have no shame. Right. I don't care. I, if the chief, if if I could choose between uh, a chance at revenge against the Bengals or playing like my high school football team as an opponent for the Chiefs, I'm picking my high school football team. I want the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. I don't give a shit how they do it. I don't care who they play. Nobody's going to remember. Nobody's going to care. It's going to go down as another Super Bowl victory for the Chiefs. But how do you feel on that? Would you, do you want to see them get revenge on their way to another Super Bowl title? I
2: don't, I honestly, I don't care. Like the, I honestly don't care either way. I get just listen whatever it is. Beat them. I mean, I I don't care, right? Like um to me, but if you could
1: draw, if you could draw it up, if you could pick, like their Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl at the end of the scenario, would you pick them going through the Bengals over, like say, the Bills?
2: Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, just because that would break that narrative. But, I, you know, I got to tell you, they beat the Bills. There's, there's sweetness in that mm-hmm. too, right? I mean, sure. three years in a row, sending them home. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think either way, um, 619, the chat's very upset about the ring around the the, uh, the rosy. Play. Listen, man, <laughs> don't worry about it. Worry about your defense going to 500 yards to Denver in a game that meant nothing, but then suddenly apparently meant everything, and then losing your top receiver over it. Um, I'd worry more about that. I, I, by the way, I am here. I hope the Chiefs do that in the playoffs. I hope Chiefs do it again. I hope they get out there and they just do that for every play. Just infuriate the <laughs> team. Just, just all kinds of nonsense. Just all of it. Everything you can possibly think of. But, no, I mean, I, scenario-wise, man, I don't really care. Like, if they play the Bengals and they beat them, that's fine. And if they play the Bills and they beat them, that's great, too. Like, either way, I'm good. I think they match up better with the Bills, quite honestly. But um, I mean, I think if they play well, they could beat whoever they play and probably would beat whoever they play.
1: What's your take on the poor sportsmanship narrative around that, the bring around the rosy thing? Because, like, when I saw it, I didn't think it was poor sportsmanship. I thought it was strategy. It was let's hide Patrick Mahomes' location until the last possible second. And then the defense has to try to figure out where all the personnel is and who's covering who. I thought it was kind of brilliant, also fun, but it was strategy-based, which I didn't have a problem with. I mean, we see teams do all the time. They'll do a quick huddle. They'll rush up to the line. That's basically the same thing that the Chiefs did. Did you take it as disrespectful, or do you think that the poor sportsmanship crowd are just a bunch of whiners? I
2: mean, Travis Kelsey on his new Heights podcast was like, it's definitely a fuck you play. Like, so – I don't care. Like, my feeling on it is, first of all, like, yeah, if some team did that to the Chiefs, I'd be like, you know, it's kind of it's BS. At the same point, the Raiders drove a fucking bus around Arrowhead Stadium two years ago, and then the last year stomped on the logo to start the game and then proceeded to give up a million points. Like, look, man, you don't like it, then don't, don't pull that crap. Like, I have no problem with it. You know, it's like all those years in Denver – when they were really good, and they were winning the Super Bowl, like they would, they would rub it in your face any way they possibly could. Like, I had no problem that that following year when they didn't have Manning anymore, they had, the Chiefs were, up, you know, whatever it was, like thirty points, they had Don Terry Po throwing touchdowns, you know, it, it, on Christmas, I was fine with it. You know, and I'm going to tell you guys right now, if by chance the Chiefs are getting their ass beat in a playoff game, and some team does that to them, I'm fine with that too. You get what you get, and I have no like to me. You can't, but my only thing is in, you can't be upset about it. If some team does it to you, they rub it in your face. I don't hear about it. Right. But I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. like, this isn't college. This isn't Alabama playing, you know, Bethune cookman. Okay. Like the Raiders are paid. A lot of people thought the Raiders going to win the division this year. So, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't care. Like to me, it's just, it's, like I get it, I get. But now I will say this: I thought it was hilarious that the Broncos' offensive lineman was just furious about it. Yeah.
1: he's like, just mad about the Chiefs in general. He was just. You like, haven't a won a game, game against the
2: Chiefs you seven years old. Like, just stop. Like, no one, no one cares about your opinion on this. I, I that that killed me. Like, if the yeah. Raiders want to say that, all right, I still think you're clowns because of what you've done the last two years. But like, okay, fine. The Broncos, you just go, go play golf. Enough yeah. out of you. That, that's more than enough.
1: It is good to know. I the, That interview, I really liked it because he was like, I'm sick of losing to those guys, which he should be. That should be something he's mad about, and that's good for rivalry and for the division. But it's just it's just hilarious because they've got to be just so beside themselves, those guys that have been there for a little while, are so sick of losing to the Chiefs. And he was right. They do play the Chiefs close and play them hard, but they always lose. <laughs> um, enjoy, as somebody who's an Ohio State fan who watched Ohio State just stomp all over Michigan for like a decade, Enjoy it while it lasts because it doesn't last forever. Take it from me.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, listen, I don't have, it's just, it's kind of like last year, though, but I'm consistent with this. I don't have a problem either when, well, uh, yeah, I don't have a problem either. Like when, when Joe Burrow was like smoking cigars after they beat the Chiefs, We well, should beat him. Like, I have a problem with that. These people aren't human. Like, they're, they're not allowed to be happy that they won game. Like, I, it's fine. You know, I don't, I don't mind that. Um, I have I have no, I have no qualm with that kind of stuff. Now, if you do it in a way where you're really like up in somebody's face on the field and you're just acting like a clown, that to me is different. None of that was happening. Um, but now, listen. You know what? It's going to be an interesting weekend of football. I think the Bills and the Bengals will win easily. Six one nine here. I think as the Chargers being Jacksonville by about eight hundred points. He's pretty. He's pretty jacked up about it. Uh, I think I've been called homie about thirty-seven times. Look, um, bro, you haven't even beaten Jacksonville. Like you literally haven't won a game of consequence as a Chargers team. And I, I'm not even exaggerating. When is the last time they went to the H title game? Fifteen years ago, they and they did it, it when Rivers was on a torn ACL and they got beat in New England. Was and that, that Norv of-
1: Turner or Marty?
2: Uh, it was Norv. It was Norv's oh, yeah. first year there. Like and the whole argument of like you guys weren't healthy bro you were healthiest could be week 2 and got and got beat and then in the second game that she still had no juju whatever and you still couldn't win that game. Like, just stop please like my god it's embarrassing for you at this point you i will say, it's a, it's a weird thing like like, the Chiefs like the Chiefs don't even play a certain team, and some fan will come in here and be like, I'll tell you what, we're going to kick your ass, tighten up. And you're like, what happened? Like, we're, we're even playing the Titans. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, some random – like, uh, word to the wise, everybody in here, unless you go to listen to anything you want to listen to once you're done being here. But, like, you go to, like – it's like a Chiefs fan going to a Bengals podcast and being, I'll tell you what, i going to kick your ass this week. It's like, we, you know, they're playing us this week. Um, yeah. It's just – I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, I'll never understand that. Like, I can't imagine – like, as, like, just – I don't know. Like, as another sport, like, as a Devils fan, I can't imagine just randomly going into, like, a Penguins podcast and just tearing into the people. Involved. Like, oh, you know, I know we've been bullshit for 20 years, but yeah. we're going to win this week. Like, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. good luck to you. I, I don't know what to I say. I feel
1: it. Um, so what, what are the X factors in the playoffs for the Kansas City Chiefs? Obviously – uh, as you have here in the rundown Harrison Bucker has to be the leading man in the conversation right like the kicking game in general is a little bit terrifying in these high leverage games
2: to me that is the the x factor is <laughs> them kicking the football because they have been an adventure all year all year i mean just weird we like Hey, it's extra point. No, missed it. But then, like, they'll have, like, a 60-yard field goal attempt and drill it, and you can't – you never know what's going to happen. I I think it's a – I think it's got to be, right? I mean, because you could talk about a lot of other stuff, but that's literal points, right? Like, if Butker hits a 45-yard field goal – that's three points. Like whereas, like other stuff, like it may lead to points, it may not. If Butker kicks the ball well in the postseason, I think it is an enormous, enormous lift for a team that frankly has not had a solid kicking game all 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 season long.
1: Yeah, you know, didn't he miss a kick in in the Bills game as well, or was it the Bengals game?
2: The Bengals in what, game in the, the Bengals, Bengals game. game. Yeah, they they were down by three points with like four minutes left, and he missed it to the right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it matters. And Butker, when he is on, is one of the best kickers in the NFL, um, especially with when it comes to field goals. He has this weird extra point thing, but uh, he can be an X factor for them. Not quite in the way that Justin Tucker is for the Ravens, as far as being like Hall of Fame level automatic, but he has the leg. We've seen him hit huge field goals. And in general, whenever he's had to kick in clutch situations, like I think a lot of people forget about this, but that divisional game last year against the Bills, the whole 13 seconds thing, that was a 49-yard field goal. And it was like, as a Chiefs fan, I was like, oh, we got it. Like I wasn't worried that he was going to miss that kick um, because he's been so good in those types of situations. That was no give me uh, of that kick, and he hit it.
2: I mean, he's the kind of guy that, despite this year being so up and down, like if he lined up for a 55 yard kick for them to go to the Super Bowl, I would believe he would hit it.
1: Yep. 100%.
2: I mean, to be fair to him, how many kicks has he ever missed in the playoffs? I mean, it it can't be many. He has been extremely consistent in the postseason. I mean, I I feel like, you know, to, to his credit, you know, as weird as sometimes he's been, this season, you know, he's been on the team now for six years. And if you look at him in the playoffs, he's made forty-four of forty-seven extra points. And he's made fifteen of eighteen field goals, which is eighty-four percent. I mean, it's pretty good. So and he and he missed the first one. He missed his first one. So like, you know, he's He's pretty damn consistent. Like against the Bills or excuse me, against the Browns three or four last year, he missed a field goal against the the Bills right before halftime, but then he hit the one that really mattered. Um yeah, like by the way, the one the thing that just cracks me up. I'm looking at his like game log and there's the, the game against the Texans when they won the Super Bowl, and it's just like he was six of seven on extra points that day. <laughs> like, well, if he attempts seven extra points, they're probably in pretty good shape. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I have faith in him, but I'd be lying if I said I was like totally like oh hey he's bulletproof he hasn't been this year.
1: It it seems like whatever his bugaboo is, it's it's the the fact that he misses extra points, which are almost they should be automatic. It seems to be a focus thing. That's like it's the thing he he expects to make it and he he f's it up, but then like when he's got to make that fifty five yarder and he knows this is no give me, he he's on and he he does it. Um, somebody asked in the chat, I think it was uh, George. Whether Arrow Red, Red Arrow Red Lager will be distributed in stores? No, it won't. You have to go to the the beer hall in uh, in Kansas City, right? Uh, at KC Beer, it's a it's a it's a collaboration. They made it right there. It's not like a wide release sort of thing. So um, they made a, a finite amount of it, and when it's gone, it's gone. And th- there's the ability to make more, but I don't know if and when that will happen. So if you want to get some, you got to travel to Kansas City and uh, and snag some. Uh, all right, so moving on here. Um, another X factor for the Chiefs, and you have it here, and I agree. Kadarius Tony is the other one. He's a sleeping giant. I'm really like, if he's able to stay healthy and get in the regular rotation, what we've seen from him so far, what a damn steal for the Chiefs. He is His talent just pops right off the screen. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. He could be the guy that, you know, the Chiefs are missing that, right? Like, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Wasp probably, we were like, the, I was I asked you, like, does Wasp happen with this group of receivers? And you were like, no, probably not. They don't quite have that explosion. Right. Same thing against the Bills, the catch and run, Tyree kill touchdown to tie the game. Like, do they have somebody, like, maybe Hardman could do it, but it's not as likely. But with Tony, that sort of changes, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Look, he's. Nobody has the speed that Tyreek Hill has. I mean, that goes without saying. But Tony gives them an explosiveness that they don't have with anybody else. And that includes Hardman. Hardman has the speed, maybe, in some ways that Tony has. But Tony, Tony's a bigger guy who can run. Like, Tony is more like Debo Samuel in terms of just his body and his skill set. Now, is he as talented as Debo Samuel? I mean, no, he's not. Not to, this, not to this point. He hasn't proven to be. But you'll, you'll love the upside with him. I think the big question is, does he stay on the straight and narrow, and does he stay healthy? That's been the problem with him throughout the very early part of his career. But, I mean, his talent level's through the roof. I will tell you guys all right now, the film Friday is on Canary Stoney. Um, he's been... With the ball in his hands, he's electrifying. And I do think that there's a chance in one of these playoff games that Andy's just like, we're getting the ball in that kid's hands a dozen times. I don't care. Does two or three times, he's liable to break one. And I'm saying for even a touchdown, like 20 yards, 30 yards. I mean, he's he's got that kind of capability. So I do think the Chiefs are going to be very intentional by getting the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah, he's, um, for those who don't know, he's he's listed six feet tall, 193 pounds. So he's not one of these like really diminutive wide receivers. Um but he just you see how electric he is. The moves that he I I worry that he's gonna get hurt just because of the juke moves he does are so extreme that it, can his body hold up. Some of the moves he did in that Raiders game were ridiculous. By the way, we get a couple of super chats. The the Sports Nest podcast uh said X Factor for the Chiefs is Tony and Dave Tobe Agreed. Um Levi said I didn't I didn't catch this one, Verderham. Uh Take take on clown coach J B says Mahomes is overrated. Do you know who he means.
2: Uh yeah, isn't that the guy who um, does that like last chance you thing isn't that him? I oh, is that it. is that
1: who he's talking about? Yeah, I didn't catch the yeah, story.
2: Yeah, there was like some clip floating around. I got I didn't see. I saw like half the clip. There was something about like that he was arguing that Mahomes really isn't essentially that good, um, and that he just he. He plays out of structure and he's chaotic. And that's why that individual coaches Last Chance You and doesn't coach in the NFL or you know, anywhere near it. Um, I mean, at this point, if your argument against Mahomes is that he's just chaotically out of structure and he's, you know, he's lucky and he's reckless, it's like, like what are we doing? I mean, that that's it. That's like ten years into Brett Favre's career, being like, I don't know if he's any good. Like, right. I, I I think we, you know, he's three MVPs, two Super Bowl appearances, and a, and a Super Bowl ring. Probably told you, Brett Farve, like, he's a pretty good player. I, I think like we're we're to that point now, right? Like, that's that's like arguing now. Like, I don't I don't know if Joe Burrow's any good. Like, no, he's he's a pretty good player, and I yeah. think we can we can all agree on that. I think we're good there.
1: It's also it's insulting to him because. 90% of what Mahomes does is in the pocket, delivering the football, commanding the offense, moving the balls down the field. And these people that say shit like this, they he's so incredible, Mahomes, that every game he does two or three things where you're just like, oh, my God, I've never seen that before. It's incredible. And that's the highlights they see. They see him running out of the pocket when when most quarterbacks would have just gotten sacked or thrown the ball away. And he does something ridiculous and crazy. And then they'd say dumb shit like, yeah, you know, all his stuff. It's just because he runs around and it, he's not actually talented. And it's like, dude, if, if you took all of Mahomes, his most ridiculous off script plays that he's done and you put them in the one game, the Chiefs would probably lose that game. It's like there it wouldn't be enough to actually move the offense down the field the number of times he has to do it. And so it's just so insulting to like all the times he drops back and throws a 10-yard pass. All the times he draws back and it diagnoses the defense and throws a five-yard pass for a first down.
2: Go to Chargers, how they felt when, when Mahomes was walking down the field like a hot knife through butter the last time they saw each other. And the Chargers had to get one stop. And the Chiefs didn't have Juju in that game. And they went down the field like the Chargers weren't even on it. And there was no special play in that drive. There was no crazy highlight. Like, he just ruthlessly took them apart. Threw the ball, ran the ball, hit Kelsey across the middle. Derwin James got smoked, touchdown. Like, yep. you know, and listen, it was at it SoFi. It's a road game. I mean, it doesn't feel like a road game. There's 60,000 Chief fans at the game every time. But I mean, I think it's like, look, there's a million examples like that where yep. Mahomes is, there's no real I like, think about that Niners game. They hung 44 points in the Niners. What, what's the a yep. highlight out of that game? Yeah. Right? Was there's, no, there's no magic show in that game. Um, I think look sometimes people have takes just to have takes. Like just to just to make some crazy outrageous slam. I, I I mean Skip Bayless made a career out of it, just being the outrageous clown show and like people people get you know upended mentally by it and they go crazy. Look, he's Mahomes is gonna win his second MVP award this year. There's a really, really good chance it, it might even be unanimous. Like he's going to win that award. It probably won't be unanimous, but it's gonna be close. Um if Patrick Mahomes retired tonight, he'd go to the Hall of Fame. Walk in. Yeah, would, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he would go to the Hall of Fame. Patrick Mahomes in his career, okay, six years career, a six year career at this point. Now, obviously, he didn't play his first year except for the last game of the season as a backup to Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes in his five years as a starter is a five time Pro Bowler, about to be a two time first team All Pro. He's a Super Bowl champion and MVP, about to be two-time MVP. He is a Super Bowl MVP. He won the Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, he's he has, in his career, he has thrown for 192 touchdowns and 49 picks. I mean, he's almost averaging 40 touchdowns a season. Yeah. On average, his, his mm-hmm. worst year for them pretty inarguably, was a year that they was year they won the Super Bowl. He played in 14 games, although he <laughs> left the one really early. He had 4,031 yards, 26 touchdowns, and five picks. And that was easily the worst year of his career. And they, yeah. won, and they won the championship. Like, he's beyond reproach.
1: Yeah. He's also, as our good friend Scott Loring pointed out from Arrowhead Attic today, he's 11th. All time in playoff touchdown passes with twenty-eight already. It's insane. If he throws just a handful, five, he's going to pass. He's going to move all the way up. He's he, Terry Bradshaw is ahead of him at thirty. Then Kurt Warner at thirty-one. Then Dan Marino at thirty-two. He he should pass if they win one playoff game. I, I reckon he'll probably pass Dan in this in this. Yeah. In this uh, if they go to the Super Bowl, he has a chance to 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 pass Roethlisberger um, if he's throwing you know three four touchdowns. And I think for the Chiefs to win to go to the Super Bowl and win it, he's going to have to do that. So by the if, if they would win the Super Bowl this year, he could be like seventh, maybe even sixth all time in touchdown passes in the playoffs, and have two Super Bowls. He'll probably have two Super Bowl MVPs. In that case, I mean, get out of here with this. Like, he's not that good. People
2: are just brain dead. It, like, he's he's probably the most talented player of my lifetime. Like, right. now, will he end up being the most accomplished? I mean, probably not. Brady's got seven Super Bowl rings, but like, in terms of just the guy, like, what he can do, the amount of things he can do. Yeah, it's. I, I honestly, my favorite stat with him is it he now in his career is 16 and 0 on the road in divisional games never lost to the raiders never lost to the broncos never lost to the chargers now some of those road games especially against the chargers are basically home games i don't even, at this point do we even count, like, should should the chargers games when they play at SoFi, should that count as a home game like, should the Chiefs just at this point like, – like, next year you're, they have nine home and eight away. Do they just count it now as a home game? Like, do they just say, like, you know what? We're going to have 70% of that place rooting for us. So, like, it's a home game now. I got to tell you, the Raiders, it was pretty close to that too. Like, yeah. you know, so that that's not hurting things. Um,
1: Think of it like this. If Mahomes were to – like, let's say he throws, you know, say they win the Super Bowl. Say he throws three touchdowns in, in each playoff game. He would be tied. Uh, he would move up to, uh, like, with Peyton Manning. Be, uh, he'd be tied with Drew Brees, I think, with, like, 37. One more playoffs. Number two on this list is tied for for second place. Is Joe Montana and Aaron Rodgers with 45. So if Mahomes in these playoffs got to around 40, he could literally in two years, three years, tops be second all time and playoff touchdown passes behind only Brady. That's bananas.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, he's there every year and they go deep in him every year. Right. I, like, you know what he's, um, I mean, he's a generational talent, which is why when you look at them, like we're going to talk obviously next week when they know who they're playing and it's going to be like, okay, well, who are they playing? Are they playing Jackson? Are they playing the chargers. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean, the Chiefs have him. Period. Like, that's the advantage. You can get into all this other crap about like this and there. The Chiefs defensively this year were bad early. They've been much better lately. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's a it's a, a team that right now, if they don't beat themselves with turnovers and missed kicks, which is listen, it's a, it's a real thing, they gotta avoid those things. They're winning. Like, they're winning against who they're playing against. And they are certainly beating whoever they play in the divisional round. They do that. Yeah. If you said to me right now, it doesn't matter who the opponent is, Chiefs next weekend, they don't turn the ball over, they don't miss a kick, game's over. Game's yeah. over. They're winning the game. I don't give a shit if they're playing Jacksonville or the Chargers. They're winning that game. Like, I don't like, and, and you know, you'll get this stuff all week long. Like, what are they going to do? How are they going to defend Keenan Allen? How are they going to defend Michael? Well, if they have Jerry Snead, Trent McDuffie. And I got to tell you, I respect those guys. Like The Chiefs are a better offensive team than the Chargers in almost any category you want to look at. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are better in yards per carry. They're better in total yards. They're better in scoring. They're better – I mean, they have more passing yardage. They have more passing yards per attempt. I mean, a deep ball on the Chargers offense is eight feet. Like, it's – you go on down the line, the Chiefs are – a better offensive team than the Chargers. They have a better offensive line. I mean, all of it. Just all the way down the line. Defensively, the Chiefs at this point, look, I will absolutely say the Chargers have better safeties and they have better edge rushers. The Chiefs have a better pass rush. I mean, that's been bared out over and over and over. Like, to me, if the Chiefs play their game next weekend, regardless of the opponent, they're going to win the game. It's a question of who are they going to play, and do they play a clean game? might be close. might be a touchdown game, field goal game, whatever. In the playoffs, close means jack. You either win or you lose. And if they play clean, they'll, they'll win the game. They will handle business.
1: Before we move on, I just have a hunch I want to run by you and see what you think. So do you remember a couple years ago when the Chiefs went, when they played Buffalo in the in the AFC Championship game and they just ran all over them? It was a kind of, every once in a while, Andy Reid, they did this to the to the Patriots during the Alex Smith era too once where they just like come out with a game plan where like Andy who never runs, they just run all over somebody and it's working and they just blow them out. And I've been looking at, and I've just been thinking, I've got this hunch that Isaiah Pacheco, who only had 170 carries of wear and tear this year, averaged almost five yards an attempt, 830 yards, five touchdowns, was looking stronger and stronger towards the end of the season. I just have this hunch that there's going to be an Isaiah Pacheco game in these playoffs where Andy pulls this out. Maybe it's against Cincinnati or Buffalo or, or, or the Chargers. Do, do, could you see something like that coming? One of those games that comes around where like the stars align and they're, it's the right running back at the right time, the right game plan. And Andy actually does it again?
2: Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Pacheco almost had 1,000 yards this year and he played like a third of the snaps or something like that. So, yeah, yeah look, the thing that makes the Chiefs so hard to defend is their versatility. They just have so many guys. And that's why a lot of times you look at their numbers and you're like, well, Kelsey had a huge year and Juju almost had 1,000 yards. But you know nobody else. There's not like I mean, McKinnon had 10 touchdowns, but like nobody had like crazy yardage. But that's kind of the byproduct of what they did this offseason by trading away Tyree Kill and bringing in MVS, bringing Juju, and bringing you know bring back McKinnon, I should say, and drafting Pacheco. That's what makes it so difficult. Like when you play, not say a defense, not say their offense is easier to defend, certainly isn't. But when you play the Bills, like you know Stephon Diggs is the guy, and after that there's a there's a significant drop off now. That is also true with the Chiefs of Kelsey, right? I mean, Kelsey is the guy, and then there's a, a drop off uh, of significance. But the Chiefs have so many other guys, whether it's Pacheco, McKinnon, MVS, Hardman, Tony, Juju. Like, you never know where the ball is going, and it can go to anybody. Like any anybody I just mentioned, if they had 150 total yards in a playoff game, big I could see it happening. Like. They're just so dynamic because they spread you out in such a way that they will put five of those guys on the field and go, okay, you're going to double Kelsey, and you're going to put your best corner on Juju, and you're going to put your best coverage backer on McKinnon. Awesome. Well, guess what? You have nobody who can handle Tony, and we're going to relentlessly go at that guy. And then they switch. Okay, now we're going to bracket Tony. Great one out. Kelsey's one-on-one. He's going to kill your linebacker because you can't cover him. All right, well, now we're gonna go back and we're gonna double Kelsey again, but this time we're gonna to shade toward Tony. All right, cool. MVS just hit you for 45 yards down the seam. Like they they are so hard to deal with in that regard. And I, I think look, it could definitely be Pacheco one game, but it, it also could be it could be any of those guys. I mean, look at last year in the playoffs with McKinnon against Pittsburgh. All right. I mean, nobody, like nobody in the world thought Jerk McKinnon was gonna go off that game. All of a sudden, it was like every time he touched the ball, he was going for 15 yards. That's what makes them so difficult to deal with. It's not just one guy. It's not just you know, hey, you gotta you gotta deal with these two guys. It's it's you gotta deal with a half dozen guys on any given play, can get down the field, make a play. It's uh, it's impressive and it's really hard to deal with.
1: Yeah, Sammy Watkins and Damian Williams in the Super Bowl playoff run, right. Came up huge think, for this team.
2: I think that's kind of what they. I mean, look, that's why they traded Hill, other, other than the fact, obviously, um. They, they it was a financial decision. I mean, let's be honest about that. Um But part of this was too they got to the point where they were really top heavy on offense. They got to a juncture where look, they wanted to diversify it with c He hasn't been the player they're hoping he'd be. Hardman is a useful piece, but he did not he's not a a, a number two receiver. And they they diversified they diversified the offense in a way now that you have to defend every blade of grass and not just vertically with Hill, but like everywhere, coming out of the backfield, down the seams. Um, they create problems in a way that when you're trying to stop them, it's a pick it, it's kind of like a game of whack-a-mole. You know, okay, hey. Finally got all three more oh, there's two more of them because another guy just popped up. And then on top of that, they've got a really good offensive line. Like one of the quiet underrated things we haven't talked too much about is Orlando Brown in the last five, six weeks just played much better football. Yep. And Trey Smith has clearly gotten healthy and is playing his best ball. Like Mahomes is just sitting in the pocket and just delivering the ball. And nobody's getting home. And that that has been a you know a big part of this too is Dave improves up front early in the year first two thirds of the year we were like my God they're they're not playing as well as we thought they would be now they are and it's resulting in a team that he just sits back there and just kills everybody's secondary.
1: Thank you for the super chat, the Sports Nest podcast. Love the show, learning from you guys from my podcast. Thank you, man. Good luck with it. Look, unsolicited advice from me: two things. One, be consistent. If you're going to do a podcast, don't be one of these guys who does an episode, does another episode the next week, five weeks go by, you drop an episode. Hey, hey, everybody, I've been busy. It won't work. No one's going to tune in if they don't know when the show is going to come out. You're going to do it. Commit to your schedule. Stick with it. And uh, secondly, spend as much time marketing your podcast and connecting with audience members on social media and other platforms as you do producing the show. If it's a new show, people aren't just going to find it. Lots of people start podcasts and they just, they just put them out. They put them out. I see, I've, I've talked to people who've done podcasts. I've got 150 podcasts. They have like four reviews on Apple Podcasts. Nobody listens to it. You got to market it. It's as much, spend twice as much time marketing it as you do actually producing the podcast early on. Build out audience. It starts small. Stick with it. Really cling to those few listeners that you get and start building that community. It takes a lot of work, Um, unsolicited advice for me, but you said you're starting a podcast and you gave us a super chat. So, uh, that's what it bought you. It bought you some unsolicited advice. Speaking of reviews, which is a very important part of, of the podcast, by the way, getting reviews on Apple podcasts with written reviews, it helps you get noticed. We've got some here to read, Verderim. You want to, you want to grab some of these?
2: Yeah. Let me, uh, pull a bad boy up here. Um, we do have a couple of reviews and I appreciate as always uh, people dropping them in. It's always nice. It helps the pod. So thank you very much. Uh, the first one we have comes from uh, LaRoyal. Five stars. I would give it more, but I ran out of stars. Best cheese podcast out there. Succinct to the point. I love it. I wish you could give six stars. That'd be nice. How about the after? Cool, yeah. um, and then uh, we have one from MVP Pat, or excuse me, the titles MVP Pat from uh, Plapota who says, watching KC demolish the Raiders is just a reminder to the league that the Chiefs are still the best. It feels like foreshadowing. And Happy Gilmore, when Happy says, uh-oh, Happy learned how to putt. Um, yeah, I'm look, I'm with it. That was, I thought, all told for the Chiefs. I thought that might have been the best game they played all year. Um, better are than those- the 49ers game? Yeah, because I thought the Niners game, they didn't play it well in the first half of the game. They had two turnovers, they missed a kick. Like the second half of the game, they if they could bottle the second half of that football game, I, it'd be just God mode. I don't yeah. think they'd ever I don't think they ever lose another football game. No. I mean the Cardinals game they were dominant in, you know, first game of the year. And they were listen, I mean, the the Jaguars game, honestly. I mean, they really you know, they took now they turned the ball over three times, but in terms of just dominance, um if it's some other games, but I thought that game against the Raiders was just really clean. They just played a really, really good game. But yeah, you could certainly say, you could certainly say the Niners too. I mean, considering how good the Niners are, and the Chiefs just destroyed them. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, another super chat from from the Sports Desk podcast. Uh, again, appreciate you. Appreciate the advice. What's the best way to market it? Look, when we started this podcast, Arrowhead Addict was a website that had been around since 2007. Had a huge social media following a website to post on, all of those things. And uh, we were able to take advantage of that. It certainly helped us grow faster. Uh, social media is the way to reach people. I would uh, I would definitely launch the podcast on YouTube and do an audio version simultaneously. YouTube's one of the biggest search engines in the world. After Google, it's owned by Google. So getting yourself... A, our podcast doubled in size when we put it on YouTube. Uh, so, and, and that's also helped grow our audio version. So I would do that. And then... Build a persona on social media, and stick to that persona. Even with your podcast, like if it's going to be a general sports podcast, I would advise against that. I would find a niche. It's it's easier. It's it's hard to be all things to all people and build an audience because uh, you know if you're talking about the NBA one day, uh, maybe I'm an NFL guy and I listen and I'm like I don't care about the NBA. I'm not going to listen to this podcast. One thing that's helped us with this Chiefs podcast, it's always about the Chiefs. You know what you're going to get. We're marketing to cheese fans. So find your niche and then just be obsessed with it. Make videos, be on all social media platforms and engage with people directly as much as you can. If somebody leaves you a comment, anything like that, talk back to them, build a relationship. Um, it's really, really important uh, to do those things. And it, just understand that it's a grind and that you you have to learn how these platforms work, learn how TikTok works, learn learn how Apple works, study uh, produce your content. If you're passionate about it, just know that it's going to be a long road. But if you if you market it, if you find audience members, it will start to grow. But r- years ago, when we started this a couple years ago, we would say, if you leave us a five-star review on Apple, we will read it on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. It would mean a lot to us. We didn't get, for weeks, nobody left us anything, right? There were people listening, but nobody left us anything. Clint McKenzie Who's we call him our PR manager. He's a frequent commenter on the show. He's a member. He started leaving us reviews. He was like the only guy. And we kept saying it. And we'd always read Clint's messages. And Clint would keep doing it. He'd update his review. Clint helped us more than he knows because the people that saw it and kept hearing us actually read reviews instead of just asking for them, it eventually got the next person to do it. And then the next person to do it. Um, it takes just one person to start a movement, right? So um, that is that is kind of the way. And Clint was awesome for us, and now we we still do it. We still read every single review we get, uh, every five star re- review we get on the show. We've even read some of the bad ones, calling us like yeah and idiots <laughs> and stuff like that. And so, like, if you want to be featured on the podcast, all you need to do is go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. It helps the show and we will read it or answer your question on the show, especially in the off season.
2: I mean, that was a really well said. I, I don't have much to add. I would just say too, like, just be yourself, man. Like just yep. be, you know, I think sometimes people try so hard to have like a stick that it becomes like, it's, it's obvious it's a stick. And then it's just kind of like, all right, man, I, I get it. Like I, I can honestly say, I mean, people probably would laugh at that coming from me, but, like, but that really, I mean, Patrick can speak to this. He's known me for almost a decade. Who I am on this podcast and on Twitter, that's exactly who I am as a human being, like yeah. away from, I mean, which I don't know what that says about me as a person, but yeah. that, that's exact like, be who you are, it shines through. So good luck to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I'll say is when I say about that, like that persona thing, for your social media platforms, kind of pick your lane. Obviously, you're not one thing, right? I, that degree over my left shoulder, that's a master's in acting. I'm a theater guy. I love theater, musical theater. I was an actor. My wife is a is a playwright. She runs a theater company here in Chicago. I don't talk about theater on my Twitter account. My Twitter accounts for chief stuff. I don't talk about theater because the people that follow me, probably most of them, don't care about theater. They don't follow me for theater stuff. And that's the mistake that I see a lot of people make when they're marketing themselves on social media is they're all over the place and it hurts their engagement. Because if I tweet about, you know, cabaret. Nobody's going to like it. Nobody's going to share it. Whereas if I tweet about Travis Kelsey, it's going to go farther. I'm going to get more followers who are Chiefs fans, and then I can leverage that audience.
2: I used to make the mistake, even though I believe what I said and I'll I'll back it. Like I used to tweet about political stuff sometimes because it was a supercharged political climate, even more than it is now. Yeah. And like I stopped doing it again. Like the fan side is credited never once were they like, hey, you know, stay away from that. Never cared. Um, But I stopped doing it because I was like, this is serving no point. Like, it's just, it's just, first of all, honestly, it really more than anything. It's just, it's like, it, it just starts like all these, like, back and forths that you just get sucked into. It's a waste of time. And also, I was like, you know, I don't want to come off like I'm preaching anybody. Like, you should just believe whatever you want to believe. That's fine as long well as you're not harming anyone. Sure. And then, like, I look at a daily like today and, like, what's going on today on, on Twitter politically? We're talking about gas stoves. <laughs> That's what's happening today. And I was like, I, this is, too, like, I don't care who you bought back. Like, this is so dumb. I can't get involved in this anymore. I'd rather talk about anything else. If if your argument's like, "Hey, do you have a gas or an electrical stove?" I'm tur- I'm shutting the computer. I'm d- I, yeah. I I I can't get there. So, um, all things to consider. By the way, thank you, G. Goldman, 8 for the super chat. Thank you so much. All right, I think I think we've covered everything. We've we've talked about we talked the AC oil, something the G's. We've talked about uh, how to build a podcast. <laughs>
1: no, we, we it's a lot of value in this podcast. I
2: mean, hey, listen, this is what happens on bye weeks, okay? Yeah, you yeah. know, you, you try to you, you try to, you know, cover a little bit of ground that maybe you wouldn't normally cover, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there just completely off the road. But that's okay. Yeah. But next week there's gonna be <laughs> there's gonna be enough to talk about the last of a lifetime. So we'll ton- we'll cover all kinds of ground.
1: Yeah, a ton of content coming next week check out again, check out that bet MGM promo. It's going across the bottom of the screen. Use the code arrowhead. If you want to help our podcast more than a super chat, more than a, 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 a comment yeah. on iTunes. If you do that, if you've never bet with bet MGM, you could take advantage of this great promo. And it really, really helps us out. Uh, Jake, my favorite musical is cabaret. Just fucking love cabaret. Is just heartbreaking, funny, uh, fantastic, great musical. Can't recommend it enough. Um, all right, Verterum, you got plans this weekend?
2: Yeah, uh, to work and to watch these football games. That's pretty <laughs> much what I'm doing. They, they, yeah. The company pays me to sit there and, and uh, watch these games, so I will. Um, Not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. Gonna go to you know get, get to the gym, be a person. Uh, other than that, that pretty much covers it. Yep. That's yep. pretty much. That's pretty much all I've got going on. That that's fine. I'm I'm good with that.
1: I'm going to watch football, and I'm going to see a showing of A Nightmare on Elm Street two. I know my favorite horror franchise is getting shown at the music box theater here in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So I'm going to eat some popcorn and check that out. Um, uh, All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Even to the, the chargers uh, to six, one, nine, the chargers. They
2: have congratulations.
1: (laughs) He's he's uh, he's the guy. He's the, he's the chargers guy. He's the mascot. He's everything. Um, They should make, they should make him the mascot and he can be homie. Homie, the Chargers mascot.
2: They just give them season tickets. So when the Chargers play at home, they have one fan in the stands.
1: <laughs> By the way, real quick, the Raiders game. How impressed were you with all of the red in, in their stadium? Embarrassing. Buried. Embarrassing.
2: Buried. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's, if feel the Raiders, that's, I know, I, I, I get it. It's the last game of the year. That's embarrassing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. No, it's, but it's still, it's still better than SoFi, which literally when the Chiefs go there, you're like, oh, they're at home this week. Like, Vegas doesn't – if you look, this swear to God, it's just true. Vegas doesn't even adjust the line anymore for the Chargers being home against the Chiefs because it's, yeah. it's such a home – and I'm sure it's not just the Chiefs. I mean, nobody goes to Chargers games. doesn't matter what week it is. When the Chargers played the Rams earlier this week or this month, I was like, is anyone going to show up to this game? <laughs> it's empty. Like, is, is this going to be a game where, like, a, a confused, like, Niners fan walks in?
1: <laughs> they just give tickets to – you know what? It was probably like a game when they do them in London where it's yes. just like – all NFL fans are wearing Jaguars jerseys and Bengals jerseys. Hey,
2: you, ten bucks, you want in? <laughs> <laughs> guess there's nothing else going yeah. on. Like,
1: yeah.
2: All right, come on in. Like, it's yeah. it's such it's so embarrassing. Yeah.
1: Field it's trips. So there were field trips there. Um. All right, we're done talking trash. Uh, we're gonna get out of here. Great show, everybody. Thank you so much for everybody in the comments on YouTube for all of our audio listeners out there. Thank you. Big special thanks to all of our members. We'll see you guys this weekend. In the Discord for producer Richard, for Matt Verter, and my name is Patrick Allen. We'll be back next week on Tuesday, but until then, as always, go Chiefs!